welcome. I'm your moderator for tonight's debate. Uh, this is the 2016 presidential debate. We have Hillary Clinton, hello, Democratic nominee, and we have Donald Trump, the Republican nominee. Good evening. Uh, yeah, that's not how he sounds. Wow, that's your Trump. I can't do it. Holy Trump. shit! It's I was gonna make fun huge. of Clinton, but it's huge. Uh, that's much better than better, you. but not good. You just did like a random black guy saying hi. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. Um, I'm not sure what that was. Whatever. I'm gonna quit that, that's, now. That's the voice of Zach Clapman. Hey, Zach. I just came in. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Who's that guy running, Who's that guy running down here? the hall doing bad impressions? Uh, and then I'm your host, Jeff. This is the Hooniverse Podcast. This is episode 171, and we will not be doing any more presidential debate. No. Um, even though it is going on right now as we're talking. And it's huge. Yeah. Um, so we're going to dive into some news, though. Actually, first, I'm, gonna, I'm having a beer that I never thought I would drink. Zach convinced me to give it a try, and it's also the only one in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, an alcoholic, so I need it. Any um, ship in a storm, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. Any any port, really. That's you right. You don't really want to be on the ship in the storm. Well, if you're not in, if you're castaway, like you would take when that boat picked up Tom Hanks, you think he was like, oh, it's a Walmart boat. I can't get on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're stalking Wilsons downstairs. Uh, it's Ballast Points Grapefruit Sculpin. Now I love Ballast Point. I love Sculpin. I fucking hate grapefruit. So I've always avoided this beer, but I'm trying it. And I'm going to take another sip right here. And it's not bad. It's uh, there's a def- definitely a, that fruity refreshingness to it, uh, and the beerness outweighs the grapefruit. Even though it is a good amount of grapefruit, so if you love grapefruit, you're gonna like it. And if you hate it, you can still drink it. So, if it's that's a winning it's a, endorsement. It's an outside in the sun beer. I feel like it's uh, oh, definitely that's, by the pool. That's where it hits. Yeah, by it, the it'd pool. Be, it'd be great out of a can. It, it, it is very good out of a can. Uh, it tastes as good as out of a bottle, but just a different yeah. vessel. Yeah. Uh, any vessel in a storm. Um, <laughs> so diving into the news, uh, all you Miata fans, and I have a stuffy nose, and I'm sure everybody can fucking hear This that. is one of the best shows the, we've uh, ever done. I know. So the, the weather out here, this is the time of year where my allergies go fucking haywire. It's any time we, like, we only have two seasons in California, basically. Um, so when we switch from one to the other, my allergies go to shit. And mm-hmm. right now where, like, summer is hanging on to doesn't want to yield to fall winter but the winds are coming in so it's blowing in all this hot air today it was hot as fuck and it it was like it was a hundred here yeah and we're four miles from the beach it was 97 and i am two blocks from the beach that's worse um, so it was it's uh it's crazy but it all just fucks my shit up so my shit's all fucked up right mm, now. eloquent fuck that might be the title of this episode maybe hold on i gotta write that down my shit's fucked up. Um, yeah, I might actually do Just that. make sure make sure that's not copywritten for another show my or a fu- movie. Welcome to my shit's this fucked up podcast with Mark Marin. Um, so your Mark Marin was as bad as my. I don't even know what Mark Marin really like. I think he's a little more gruff than that. Like he sounds like he's hungover. Slightly, slightly. Um, so in the news, uh, Miata MX-5 RF. Pre-orders open up, and the car is going to cost around $34,000. It's a limited edition car. They're really opening up the pre-orders first to Miata Superfans and then extending it beyond that if they don't sell all $1,000. It comes with a Torno watch, which is nice. That's a nice watch. Uh, But it's nine grand more than the regular RF because it's just just for the launch edition. Did I read that that right? much more? That's what Autoblog said. I don't think so. Is that what they said? It might be like nine grand more than a base Miata. Not a base Miata. Because I thought the Grand Touring, like a fully loaded non-RF, is only a few thousand dollars cheaper. 
like 31,000. Maybe their wording may be wrong, which would make sense because uh, yeah, that doesn't sound right to me. Do, 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 do. I feel like okay. the RF is going to start at, at least. 30. This is this is from Autoblog. Pl- pricing for the MX-5 RF has been announced. Oh, there, so that's what it is. The RF is 34. Right. Uh, the base is the base Miata. It's nine grand more than the base Miata. Okay, so like the base non. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. That makes sense. I that can't. number makes perfect sense. Um. Now, for some reason, our friend Bradley Brownell fucking hates this car. I don't know why. Why? I asked him to tell me why in our Slack chat. We have a Hooniverse Slack chat. Everybody has Slack chats. Uh, and his only response was awful. And I'm like, that's not a proper defense, but I'll, I'll take it. And I'm sure he's going to explain it on his podcast, uh, of which he has two. He does Camden Tub and DFL, which is a great name for a motorsports podcast, by the way. If you're not listening to DFL, I love that fucking name. Um, so... He'll explain it. I'll have to listen in and get the full scoop. But I think this car looks fantastic. I love the way this thing looks. Totally. Agreed. Um, I'm not a big convertible guy. I love Targa roofs. I love T-tops. Uh, and then, But I like the Miata. So this kind of solves a problem for me. Um, I think the car looks damn gorgeous. The top is slick. The way uh, They did a really neat job where the seams for the roof where the car meets, are the, the rear fenders kind of come up. And then on the other side behind them is where the seams are. So when you're looking at the car, you can't really see the seams, mm-hmm. which is really cool and, and nicely done. Um, and I think 34000 for the first run, a 1,000 example limited edition isn't bad at all, fully loaded. Your only option is manual gearbox or automatic gearbox. That's it. Um, so, I mean, that doesn't seem bad to me. So, like, the regular non-loaded version, you know, will be like 32, 30. That seems pretty good to me. That's, I mean, it's a cool little car. And if you want the the... the top or the roof you know the one where you can put the roof down you can spend a lot less and get a great car there too so mm-hmm. fuck it i think it's rad I don't, I don't i agree with you i don't like convertibles and even i don't like targets but in this case i can basically get a miata coupe and occasionally if someone gets in it and they want to have the top down i can do that right but i still like that i like the buttresses because they basically maintain the shape of the car from the profile gotta have those buttresses yeah when you just drop a top like the whole the whole back you know, that's like a quarter of the car's design just disappears. Right. And it just, ru- and for me, it ruins it. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I, you know, Jag F type, give me the coupe. Uh, I'll take a Cayman over a Boxster. Uh, and then and then other things, too. There are mm-hmm. other cars, but I can't think of them right now. There other are cars other have convertibles. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, like 911, I'd rather have, you know, a coupe. Yeah, I saw one of the Targa, the new Targas. I like the Targa, but the, I do not the, like it. It's weird. It's a weird shape, but I, I like that. I do like the, the Targa. Um, moving on to something with a bit more power, perhaps unnecessarily so. Not that, you know, more power is always great. John Hennessy is in the news because he uh, just is showing off his Cadillac. I mean, he, he they tune anything down there, um, especially GM stuff. So they took the Cadillac, and they're calling it the HPE 800 because it's always, you know, Hennessy Performance Engineering or whatever it stands for, something like that. Um, 842 horsepower. Fuck, it's pretty rad. That's um, I almost very nearly almost exactly double stock. Mm-hmm. Stock's four twenty. And I was impressed. They do, they do a full engine swap. It's built internals. Like it's not just let's throw a blower on this and see how she do. Is uh, that true? Yeah. No, they, they take the engine out. So it goes up from six point two to six point eight, and they do rod, oh. rods and see, pistons. I thought they just they did do, a blower. No, no, because okay. I think they there's. Whatever you want to say about right. Hennessy and the things, I'm not getting involved in that. What I will say about every yeah, car we've yeah. filmed with him is they've always worked. 100 degrees, humid out, whatever, they always work. And I think 
if you build a car correctly for that for those conditions in Texas, you'll yep. end up with a car that can work. You know, they sell cars in South America everywhere, and they want their cars to work. You yep. know, if you just threw a blower on it, then you, I don't know, you might melt something. Right. So. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, it makes sense then that it is all that engine work because a blower wouldn't be just fifty five thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it's a lot. The, <laughs> it's uh, a the lot. basic HPE eight hundred package is fifty five thousand dollars. And it'll make your Cadillac Escalade go from zero to sixty in three point nine seconds, and it'll do t- uh, just over twelve in the quarter. Now, if you buy that package, there's an optional wheels, brakes, and tires package for another twenty five k. And honestly, at this point, you should probably get do that. the brakes. Right. Do you or you're going to crash into something? Right. You really will. Um, we filmed his Velociraptor years ago. And I mean, for all of my support of green technology and, and hating <laughs> on ridiculousness, I mean, if you're already going to have like a giant truck, a blower on it is pretty great. If you it's, had a, if you owned a farm in Montana with tons of room, that would be your, Oh dude, it, it was, it's, it's just rowdy. There's Cause that would have the, the rear cap on it too, right? Uh, yeah, it did. They, it was actually, uh, they did quad cab and they put a cap on the back. Like, and, but they, didn't, they, didn't they, it was more than a cap. Like they actually formed a body. We right? did not drive that car, okay. but I know what you're talking about where they basically made it a Raptor expedition. Right. I love that thing. It was really nicely. It was, it looked good in the pictures. I never saw one up close, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. Big stuff that goes real fast. It's right. like, it's a weird guilty pleasure. I mean, I drove here in something big stuff that goes real fast. I, I needed to reborrow the Audi S8 Plus because uh, the driving shots turned out to be shit, the car to car. So I was like, dear Audi, can I please get this car again just for a few days? To And they're yeah, no problem. It's so, good excuse. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, driving up here on the highway, it's fucking super comfortable. You put it, drive select into individual, everything's dynamic, and the suspension, the air suspension is in comfort. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever like, if you ever hooked up with a girl you dated in high school, after high school, like years and years and years, and high school sex is terrible, <laughs> and then you redo it, and it's much better. It's like you go back, like, hey, I wasn't really happy with the driving shots right. from uh, my performance on right, prom right, night. Right. Could we just redo that? Right. I just, it'd take one day. <laughs> <laughs> just real quick. I just need to knock this out. Um, Husband's like, who are you? Now, the 55000 plus the 25000 and then you add the price of the Escalade, so don't forget that. Um, not cheap. It's like a hundred thousand dollar crazy. Truck. I think the base 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 Escalade is is over seventy, but the average one you see is like ninety something. It's finally worth it though, in my opinion, uh, because it's it's actually really nice now. Yeah, it drives really well and it looks fucking great. Those headlights and taillights are awesome. Um, it, like it always used to be kind of a, a status symbol, yet it was a garbage truck inside. Yeah, like the the um, the center armrest, the console felt real shitty. Like you could just rip it off with an easy tug. Well, the interior, if you got into if you got out of the Escalade and got into a regular GMC or Chevy product of the same size, you would right. see a lot of the same gear. Yes, yes. Well, my uh, my friend has had a Yukon, like a last gen Yukon Denali, for years now, and he loved it. And I've always said it was it's the Escalade without all the bullshit on the outside. Now, mm-hmm. thankfully, there's a like the the Yukon Denali, the new one is still very nice, but the Escalade, you can see where your money has gone a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, but yeah, so that's a nice car. And if you have tons of money and you need an Escalade and you don't want an off the shelf Range Rover supercharged whatever Porsche Cayenne Turbo, you can have some batshit crazy Escalade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be a good thing for like making runs into Mexico to get your drugs or something. Well, well but I mean, th- also think about the, the, I mean, the state it comes out of, but I mean, Texas, I mean, you can pick it up in Texas and go right over the border. Yeah. It's a, it's an American Cayenne turbo, Yeah, you know, or supercharged Cayenne. I it's guess. bigger. It's bigger. Everything's bigger. Motherfucker. Cadillac. We got a toll road. That does 85. 
Woo! Oh god, you could tow a car way too fast with that thing. I know. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, the torque is also like over eight hundred yep. as well. Um, speaking of unlimited power, Holden, uh, a name we don't often talk about because you know it's Australian GM basically. Um, they're going away. Holden's going away, and their popular iconic car. One of the, one of them is the the Commodore. Their sedan, which. We should all praise here in the States because it gave us the SS. Mm-hmm. So we should all love the, the Commodore. Um, that car, because Holden's soon to be no more, the Commodore is soon to be no more. They've come out with some insane versions over the years, and they've, they're announcing that they're doing the craziest fucking one yet before they go away. It's, uh, it's going to be called the GTS-RW1. I don't know what those, those mean. They're only making 250 of them, and they're sticking the LS9 from the ZR1 in there. Yeah, now we're talking. So how – it's like – is this not just a CTS-V? It, well, it seems a like little, it's a With more a different raw. body and it's, it's more raw. It's not right. going to be as nice inside. It's not a luxury car. The LS9 I don't think is as – it's not – the LS9 is great, but it's not as maybe as refined as the new – what is it? The LT4? Is that the new one that's in all that shit? Uh, I'd have to look because I think the new LT4 is the new engine in the Corvettes, right? Just the stock Corvette, the NA motor. I think that's the revision. I think they brought back the LT1 name for that. Let's let's look it up. Okay, um, but I think it, I think it's the LT4. But the LS9 yeah. is basically an older version where they've moved to LT engine architecture, which I'm sure if Chris was here, we would learn that it's just either Ford's turn. It would either be something very small or something very big. There's obviously something changed. Um, besides that, they're not using the magnetic suspension. They're some, they're using something called it's this Australian built thing called the Super Shock. Super shock dam- I love Ah, you gotta get the super shocks. Right, I love it. Like, the way what, it's what do you make? Well we make we make really super shocks. There's a really name, mate. We should just call it yeah, fuck, call it oh, super shock. Ah, you gotta ditch those dampers. You need the super shocks. <laughs> uh those are the same that's the same suspension used on the Commodores that run in the V eight supercar series. That's fucking rad. Mm-hmm. AP racing steel brakes, six speed manual gearbox, six hundred and thirty eight horsepower, six hundred and four pound feet of torque. No idea what it's going to cost. It's Australia, so it's a million dollars. Well, it's home built, so the pricing is a little more realistic down there. It's a lot. I mean, it's expensive, but but at least this one I is guess, like. I mean, that's why that's why you only make two hundred fifty of them because that's how many they'll probably sell. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, it'll be a burnout machine, which Australia loves, and that's why we love Australia. Um, probably a, be a beast on road courses too. I mean, yeah. it, it'll be a crazy, crazy car. Oh, mate, it'll be crushing Bathurst. <laughs> Um, You're right. Uh, LT, LT4. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, because LT1 now is the Stingray engine, I believe. Yeah, I was getting confused with LO4. There's, there's, there's too many numbers. And LMNOP. There's too many numbers. Um, now, you know, here's a news item that's going to cause a bit of controversy. Ooh. Nissan has a... I got into a... a not a fight, but a, a Facebook argument the other night while I was well into my wine for the evening. Nissan announced pricing for the GTR Nismo for the 2017. Like, you know, it's got the slightly changed rear end eight more horsepower right yeah exactly it's priced at one hundred and seventy six thousand dollars now here's the thing i think that price has finally caught up to the car no one agrees with me (laughs) and i don't give a shit okay put and it and this we're talking about a car that is now very dated the gtr needs a a total evolutionary change and i Mm -hmm. think i think it has i mean it has to be somewhere around the corner what this car when it first came out it was massively underpriced. Totally. Totally underpriced. And just 
year after year, Nissan is correcting that issue. Now it's $176,000, which is tons of money for a GTR. It's tons of money for any car. But I feel like it is the correct price point for the Nismo. That car is fucking crazy what it can do on a road course. You compare it to the competition, uh, you know, the Audi R8, the Porsche 911 Turbo, the you can throw, fuck, the McLaren 570 in there. You can do the Lamborghini Huracan. It can compete with all of that shit. It's, it's nearly as fast. Some of those cars now are getting faster. Mo, uh, Motor Trend did their, their drag race, and the Audi R8 V10 Plus, apparently, they say, did 2.6 to 60, which is fucking crazy. And it was, uh, it was two cars ahead of the non-Nismo GTR mm-hmm. in that that drag race and the the that is a brand new r8 the gtr is what fucking i don't even know how old it is 10 years yeah no it came out in 2009 Mm -hmm. when it first came out um so i mean that's crazy so i i and that the 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 r8 plus starts at 189 most of them are 200 so and then you throw the 911 turbo s that's right there the the gtr keeps up with that keeps up with the uricon keeps up with the mclaren I, okay, uh, uh, performance-wise, I agree with you, but when I sit in a Turbo S, I go, I know where my money went. Sure. And the and the performance is there, and it also has perfect ergonomics, and the materials are more nicely designed. Um, it has a better brand uh, cachet. Not that I'm really into that, but it, for, for resale reasons and whatnot. The GTR, the inside, yeah, they update little things here and there, and the exterior, you know, they put some canards on it and whatnot. But I feel like I feel like the other cars, you get performance and something else. You like performance bar, yeah, they're all about the same now. And the R8 is much more expensive, especially when you get some options on it. And the Huracan and the, and the McLaren, are right, they start well way more expensive. Two, yeah. yeah, those are those are like. In a different league, almost like where the like the Turbo S is as has been as fast as insert exotic here. Now mm-hmm. the GTR also is, but the ownership experience and driving of the car and that just getting in, getting out. I feel like that is not on par yet with the other cars. I think that's I think that has to do with basically the badge though. Like people look at like it's still a Nissan. Now I can see what you're saying about sitting in it because not yeah. everybody gets a chance to do that. So you're in rare company where you've gotten to do that and you can properly judge, but. Um, like a Porsche, they've gotten a lot nicer inside. They're not as bare bones as they used to be. So the 911... Well, the 996 was terrible, but then 7 and 991 right. are very So those good. have come a long way. The Audi, the last R8 was okay. The new R8, the cockpit's fucking fantastic. Uh, I had the car all week. Not the Plus, but the normal one. And the, 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 with the virtual cockpit screen and the, the all the carbon fiber, the new seats are, are wonderful. So that's there, too. A McLaren inside is nothing special. You're right. I'd say the McLaren, the interior of the McLaren, it is the GTR of the supercars. Yeah. You know, compared to Ferrari, which is, there's always like tan leather and right. they highlight things really well and it's just got a lot of complicated stuff going on. Although, well, let's see, the F430, a lot of the switch gear, if, when you get up close to like press photos right? and when you get up close, big difference oh, in yeah. tactile feedback. Yeah. So that yeah. is tough. So, I mean, and I, hmm. I just think, I, I, I don't think the GTR interior is like a shitty interior at all. I think no. the seats are perfectly bolstered i think the it, it could be considered a gimmick the um like the digital polyphony however you the, the grand turismo people designed you know the gauges oh, right, that. right. but that's pretty cool that you can customize it granted it's starting to look dated it could use a nice new bright screen with new graphics and all that shit um but just i mean outright performance and then you put uh the aston martin in that 
price range too because now we're talking v12 vantage money as well and thankfully they've upgraded their interior a little bit but then you can start shitting on them for some of their things until you get to db11 but that's a much more expensive car so i just i feel like uh and because i'm if i'm shopping in this segment i want a car that's gonna you know be able to fucking destroy a winding road now i've always said i would relax and take an aston martin that's because of looks thing but if i'm going on performance numbers and you know gtr is near the top of the list so i think i think they can justify the price okay yeah i uh i it, it's tough it's really hard i guess it's like is a maxed out nismo gtr 175 and then if a porsche turbo starts at 180 Am I very quickly going to be too far above my budget? You know, because in that in that realm, it's like if all I want is a driver's car and I can afford that. But I do not like the way the GTR really looks. Sure. So getting in and out of it every day and and the visibility, like the Porsche visibility, is crazy good. Like yeah. everything, you know, you know, yeah. everything about those is annoyingly great. Yeah. It's, the R8 visibility, for what it's worth, sucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Except really? Except forward. Oh well, for anything with mid engine, the forward visibility is incredible. Can't see shit out so just that, that's an advantage that any car that doesn't have Absolutely. the engine in the way it gets. Right. Um, I think it would come down to you know how far can you stretch your budget or how few creature comforts from Porsche, which there are a lot of. And see, you're gonna, you have to turn down. The also, the also, the other thing to think about too is if you're if you're buying a regular GTR, that's fine. And then you're down around like what 140, I think those cost. But if you're buying the Nismo. You should be intending to take it to the track, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's kind of what justifies the price. If you're not going to take your GTR to the track, um, and you're going to get the Nismo, you're doing yourself a disservice because it's going to be brutal around town. It's it's a rough ride on a track that suspension is fucking brilliant, and there is definitely a difference between the Nismo and the regular GTR. Like you drive if you drive them back to back, you like yep that that's worth the extra money. That's way fucking faster. Um, you that's a valid point. I feel like I'm I'm re- gonna backtrack on my own argument because it's if it's Nismo like GT3 RS that, yeah exactly there's fewer creatures you know whatever it's not as nice it's like yeah but it's it's a driver's car and when and when we filmed this recent tuner shootout tune shootout there was a, a modified GTR that was like stripped out and had a cage and stuff but it had like the trans cooler the diff cooler all the things you need to make sure it's reliable to track for lap after right. lap and if that's what you're doing then it's it is a crazy automobile yeah and it and it felt it and it, that actually changed. How the, I've driven a stock GTR on the track, which felt a bit heavy, sure, and you know a lot of weight moving around and, and stuff. But when that thing was just locked down, it was it was incredible. Yeah, uh, it's a wild car. So there, I, I I had a bullet point under my notes for this one that just said "Let the hate begin" because I ninety percent of you are going to disagree with me here, and that's fine. I can live with that. I'll retract my hate. What's that? I retract my hate. Thank you. Um, now speaking of of the R eight, uh, I did spend a week. With the, the new 2017 R8, it wasn't the plus, and I didn't even realize it until like halfway through my time with the car, just because I, I was just cruising around in it. I wasn't doing anything crazy, and I walk out, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is only the 540 horsepower one. Oh. Like, I felt like such a – I'm like, oh, I really suck at my job sometimes. <laughs> like, the, the, the plus has a fixed rear wing. It has a slightly bigger side blades. And by the way, I love that they switched to a two-piece side blade instead of the one full-length one. A lot of people – don't like that but i love the way that looks the car looks fucking awesome now um but the the big difference with the the standard v10 versus the plus is the one i drove had 540 horsepower um and the plus has 610 that's a big jump in horsepower mm-hmm. same engine and it's the same it's it shares 50 percent 
the engine shares 50% of the same parts as the race car or something like that. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, the car is just really, really good. I, I spent yep. a lot of the weekend days shooting video, but so, you know, hammering it on Canyon roads and you come away feeling like you're doing something really right. And a lot of that is the car, but th- I, it's taken on a lot of Lamborghini DNA, like a lot more, like before it was kind of like 50, 50, like, all right, you get the body. All right, we'll do the engine. All right, you do your gearbox. All right, we'll do our all wheel drive system on ours. You do yours. And, and, but now it, it seems like it's like, it's, it's a refined Uricon with, with a, um, an Audi suit. Mm. Uh, the Quattro system is, is definitely rear biased. I mean, if you, you don't even have to go traction full off, you can put it in sport and if you're if you're do it properly, the rear end will come out. And if you go off, you can get it to kick out. And it's an all-wheel drive car. So I mean, that's that's craziness. It's fu- it sounds good. It's Remember we were talking how some 10 cylinders sound good. This is one. That's true. Uh I don't know why I didn't I never really liked V10s even even Vipers are different, but the Giardo or sorry, they're different meaning I don't like them at all. The Giardo I didn't I don't like from the outside, but when I was able to drive the last V10 plus a lot on the Canyon there's something about having a noise behind you that yeah. is like, you know, aggressive and just sonorous and like yep. filling the canyon versus, I mean, the, the competition is the Turbo S, which is an, an equally good driving experience, but you don't have the noise. Right. You know, it's great. And they both have great Ford Viz and everything else. Yep. But you're like, oh, I am missing that the fireworks. And the uh, the R8 I was in, it uh, redlines at 8,500. So you're swale, you're swinging that V10 all the way up there, and it's got the gorgeous virtual cockpit. So like as you get to about seven, it, it lights up green. Then you get to you know eight, it goes yellow, and then when you're right there, it turns to red. Like shift. How did you like the virtual cockpit at night? Like uh, it was fine. Yeah, it was, it was actually a little. It was a little bright. Mm. Um, and I thought I'm like, is this in day mode? And it was still. I mean, you can dim it. It could be a little. They could go a little dimmer with it. I mean, I wonder if they don't for like just their perceived safety reasons yeah maybe i don't know that's just that's something for me when i'm driving long distance dark nighttime i, I like to dim it a lot saves yeah. my eyes and that's something i worry about with uh screens but i wonder if this is because of the 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 type of lighting the screen is like the type of lights used i wonder if it's just easier on your eyes if there's less strain like how you know like old computer monitors would kill your eyes but modern yeah led monitors you're like you're fine for hours um so it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the car, the car is great. We got really good footage of it. Um, the car is fucking filthy, too, because, you know, you're constantly turning around on the canyon turnoffs. Mm-hmm. It's all just dirt and gravel. And um, I wanted to take one of them like a rally corner, but I held off because that would have been a really bad, dumb thing to do. Um, but so I took the car, washed it off. And, and uh, then I, as, when I got home and parked it because they were going to pick it up the next day, I looked. And under the engine cover in the engine bay on the carbon fiber was still all the dust that I missed. I was like... I guess I missed a spot. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> when I real fast story, when I was sixteen, I took our family's Jeep Cherokee, Grand Cherokee, out like off roading, like muddy off roading. Brought it back, washed it, and my dad comes in up to me and he's like, "You take the Jeep off roading?" Like, no. What do you? What do you know? What are you and he's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Come outside." I'm like, "Fine." I'm, I'm standing on my ground. I'm standing ground, and he just comes outside and opens the hood and it's covered in mud the whole engine it was like oh i did not know about that that's awesome that's fantastic um now so i had the r8 i'm in the s8 plus which is a car we've talked about before because i've had it before um and it's great it's dated as i've said oh another thing speaking of s8 r8 the thing i found amazing about the r8 is that you know the drive select has gotten even more advanced there's four modes on this r8 
if you do the same thing I said I did in the essay where you put everything in dynamic but leave the suspension in comfort because this has magnetic dampers, it feels like you're in an A8. Like the ride is so comfortable on that in that thing with the the suspension set to comfort. It, cruising up and down the highway, you could an incredibly easy car to daily drive a supercar like that. It was fucking great. Um, switching gears this week though because this weekend I'll be testing out not a car, not a bike either. This isn't regular car reviews. Biplane. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to bomb someone. Um, not that you use biplanes for bombing. Um, no, I'm going camping this weekend, and I'm doing so in an Airstream. Now, I know that this isn't really camping, especially because the campground is Leo Carrillo up in Malibu, or north, north Malibu. Um, so this isn't really camping. Plus, here's the part um, that a lot of people will roll your eyes and scoff at. They said, uh, what would you like to tow it with? Or we could set you up with a tow vehicle, or we could just have it dropped off and set up for you. You know which one I picked. I'm not driving that thing through L.A. traffic on a Friday. That's going to be waiting for me at the end of my day. I've towed things before, like two or three things. And uh, so I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just get there. Uh, myself, my wife, our daughter, we're even bringing our dogs, which is probably a stupid idea. But this way we don't have to pay for a dog sitter. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're, they're going to plop it down. In the campsite, there's going to be a guy there when we get there who's going to run me through all the systems so I don't end up drinking the fucking black water tank or something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're camping. And our, our our friends, this couple we're friends with, are meeting us up there, and they're camping, but I think they're doing it in, like, tents in our campsite. <laughs> so who's going to meet them and show them how the tent works? And Oh, they actually – he's hiked uh, Whitney. He's hiked, so he knows how to do this Who, shit. Who's catering your, right. your uh, RV? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I said the word glamping a few times. My wife is uh, threatening divorce if I say it one more time because she's – She's not I mean, you're right, especially when there's someone like bringing it there and like it's ridiculous. And it's Malibu, bless you, Zach. And it's 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 Malibu. It's North Malibu. It's Malibu. You walk under the roadway and you're on the beach. I guess there's a bunch of hiking trails behind though, which could be cool. But um, I'll probably just chill in the airstream. You'll probably just sit there. <laughs> I'm gonna bring my Xbox. Pictures. No, um, no, it's but it does look like a really nice airstream. It's like 30 feet long. It's they're awesome. They're yeah. they're really cool. And I, uh, what's cool is just seeing that. The original ones are still around because they're built really sturdy. Right. You know, you might want to what uh, like upgrade the interiors if you bought it from like the 60s yeah, or 70s. Yeah. But they're out there and they're cool and they reflect a lot of the, the sunlight, I think. It's it's funny, though, when you talk to people who actually go camping. My uncle has a, this. They've gone through a bunch of uh, fifth wheels. They love camping. He has a big F-250 he pulls it with. Um, and you know, you talk, you talk about the Airstream. He's like, yeah, they're, they're nice to look at. They're nice inside. They're very much weekend warrior machines. It's like mine has tall ceilings. It has pop outs. It has all this shit it has big tank. Like his is meant for like camping. Yeah. Cause he's rugged. Um, but the Airstream is like, look at us, look what we're doing. We're doing it. We're really doing it. Aren't we? So that's perfect. Well, for me. I mean, ergonomically, you can't beat a box for use of space. I right. Mean, just think of circle square. Like. Right. So whenever you see an airstream, if people need more, that just gets longer. I mean, they get yeah, really long. Right. Some of them. But I think if you can get away from that, I need every comfort all the time thing. You could probably have a good time. You have a more maneuverable vehicle if you shrink your RV a little bit. And you know, you might have to set up some stuff outside. You might yeah. need some room. You don't have a satellite TV and stuff. So you just got to decide what kind of camping person this probably you are. Ha- this probably has that though. Oh, a little tiny TV or something. Yeah, I mean, it looks really nice from the pictures. Um, moving away from that, though, uh, we got an update on Hoon Truck for you. Did some wrenching yesterday. 
Um, truck's been down. I haven't driven the truck in like a month. I've had the steering apart because I've shredded my third rag joint, which is fun, which means it's most likely not the rag joint. That's the problem. It's probably the steering column um, or the steering box, actually. Rick Radcliffe, friend of the, the show, decided to come out, help me wrench on it real quick. We got the new one in. Uh, I, we actually shot some real quick handheld video, so I'll put together a quick video for, on the YouTube channel, which you should be all subscribed to. Um, but I, I drove it for the first time in a month, which was great. Actually, in the video, we give you a sneak pre- peek of the audio system. Just because we were in there, I told him, like, oh, turn the camera to that. That's the radio that you're all going to either love or hate. Um, so the steering is in, drove the truck, and something just still feels off in the steering. Like, there's odd tension I can hear something. I've never looked at the steering box itself. I don't know what kind of shape. Like, I don't, I have to dive into that. Is it still a stock box? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that probably is a problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was maintained, it wouldn't be, but I don't know if it was maintained at all. Right. So it's, uh, so I got to look into that next. Is there a way that you can, can you look at the angle of the, uh, dangle? (laughs) Ha ha. You done? No, um, um, the uh, I'm kidding. the The steering shaft going into the uh, um, the rag joint, like if that's off, you know, a few degrees, I'm sure it puts more stress on it. Is there yeah. any way that you can like measure? Oh, this is actually supposed to be half an inch lower at the top than it is, and that's causing a bunch of stress. I'm sure there's something you can do that about that. Somebody also said to look at your cab mounts and make sure your cab mounts are fine because if those have moved a little bit, your steering column angle, like you're saying, is now probably off. What are the cab? Mounts? It's like what mounts the cab to the the the. Frame. Oh. That's yeah. a wow. Yeah. Make sure your truck is bolted to itself. Right. Correctly. Exactly. Um, make sure your body is on the frame. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's things to do. It was nice just to take the truck out. I have a spare rag joint in the truck now just for when this does happen again. Cause I am pretty, even though I bought the beefier one this time, I just still need to go to the Borgson or Borgson, however you pronounce it and get an upgraded aftermarket steering column. Everybody says, once you get one of those, it's like the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And at that point I'd probably swap in power steering too. Yeah. It, that makes everything a lot easier, especially right. parking. Right. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. No news on your car search front, correct? I've emailed some people. Um, that's about it. You should get JF's car. Oh, I offered to buy it. He, he found a wagon, and right. he was like, someone tell me to stop to not get this. I was like, if you did it, and he's like, shut up. I'm never selling the M3. Because um, he drives it so much? He drives it a good bit, but I rode with him in New York. I'm like, this is the worst car. You're, New York City and with modified suspension. Because he's in the city, right? Yeah, he, well, he lives just outside the city, but he goes into it a lot. And even outside, it's not like the roads are good. Right. It, it's just as bad as L.A. with no canyon, so it's just banging around on stuff. It, it's yeah, no good. It's not, um, so we're going to move on to our questions tonight. And, of course, we're going to Patreon first because, as I always say, they're just better than the rest of you. Uh, we got some, uh, a few Patreon questions. Um, CBR Dina. My wife is thinking of picking up a 2017 Volkswagen Tiguan. Have you reviewed it? Is it worth it? <clears throat> no. Any other suggestions as she is looking to get out of her 2014 Subaru Impreza wagon with crap, crap VT transmission? Subaru actually, their CVTs are like, one is bearable. It's pretty good. In a daily driver. Yeah. Um, honestly, look at the Crosstrek and stay in the Subaru family. Uh, I would get that over a Tiguan. We reviewed a Tiguan once on Hooniverse years ago. It was reviewed by... Um, co-founder Tim O'Dell, and he went to grab the door handle, and it just ripped off in his hand. So I would avoid the Tig. I I, don't, I haven't heard Tiguan news in like ten years. I don't even know yeah. what it looks like anymore. Um, if you could find a used Touareg, I would look at that over a new Tiguan. 
I've always liked uh, the Touareg. I, I do too, but then I always with German cars, I, I think yeah. warranty is important. Yes. So oh, I, like like gen, like like two years old. I'm saying. What about CX5? Uh, I love the CX5. Uh, if you want to see, I would look at that. I mean, if 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 it's it, it's in the same market as a as a Tiguan, you're looking at a small ish yeah. CUV. Yep. And the interiors on the CX5 Touring that I reviewed on the smoking tire. Uh, Interior, they do a good job with interior materials, like making it look a little fancy in the right places. I mean, if you can swing it, look at a lease uh, on an F-Pace. Be like Matt. Or is he canceling that now? <laughs> yeah, I think he's canceling that now, but the lease he got was like 0%, and right. it was less money than the Focus RS. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I, I'd honestly drive the Crosstrek. You could be pleasantly surprised. and You could be surprised. And I don't know if they still offer it, but the... Crosstrek could be had with a manual. Like it wasn't really heavily advertised, and I don't know if they still make it, but there's cr- there are Crosstrek manuals out there. But the CVT in that car is surprisingly good. Um, David, which car would you install air suspension on, slammed on Baggio? I mean, my wagon, in a heartbeat, I would, if that was a working thing. Uh, yeah. So you, you'd get, uh, what, like Ridetech air suspension? something, Accu- something Air, something, air, something yeah. like pretty sporty and good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because uh, was it a wagon that Matt tested the AccuAir? Was that an Audi wagon or no? No, it was, it was a, just a sedan. Just a four sedan. Okay, but uh, and yeah, the the CL he tested was obviously not a wagon. But I don't know what anything that just that you want to sit low and you don't need the best and performance Euro, out of Euro. Kind of looks pretty good on bags. Like uh, yeah, when you I, drop it at the curb, there was a at SEMA a couple years ago there was a BMW with a trailer that was like towing a motorcycle and that thing had bags and that thing looked pretty wicked and somebody else had a BMW that was doing wagon doing the same thing who said that that other person bit his style but whatever we uh, saw a trailer that had airbag um, Josh Kalis has it for his turbo Camaro so, it's so just it just lowers you drive it right on like that is genius that is awesome that is great um, he still has that Camaro does he still have all the DC shit on the hood or do you have to get rid of that oh he does oh he still has it I thought he was not with DC anymore. I don't know. I don't know, but that car I got to ride in is. I've seen it and crazy. heard it. It's, yeah. a, it's an experience. Riding right. in it is an experience. Got that speed society money, son. I, I don't care what he does. He's a super nice guy. He Great fixed his car for a thing that we had to do. He, like, overnight kind of stuff, worked wow. real hard, didn't complain about it, and showed up, and the car ran all day in what 100 did you degrees. Shoot it on? We shot it for in something. Oh, you can't say. Oh, you shot it recently. Shot it recently. Oh, okay, gotcha, it's, gotcha. It's phenomenal. I thought he's, it was like an older big muscle or something. dude, no. Okay. Um, Marshall Cash, should I modify my Fiesta ST to stop overheating on track or sell it and buy a BRZ Miata Mustang naturally aspirated car? Also not a question, but my shirt arrived, and it's awesome. Glad you like it, Marshall. That means you're one of the, the best Patreon um, folks. Zach had to sneeze again, but he faked himself out. Uh, that's awesome, first of all, that you're tracking your Fiesta ST. That's fantastic. I'm uh, really curious as to why it's actually overheating on track, though. That Are you racing it on the sun? That doesn't seem like a car that should suffer from overheating. Depends on how long the track session is, I think. Like, Thad drove his at Buttonwillow track days and also did the Virginia City Hill Climb with it, which is hot, but uh, that's like an 11-minute run. Right. So I think... Something that I've heard about recently, like with GTRs, is if you run for longer than 20 minutes, they might overheat because they're just not set up to do it. So then you, if, then you might have to look into either a better radiator or you know opening up some more airflow. Right. Or maybe maybe heat's getting trapped under the hood, like yeah. there's no heat evacuation. There's a lot of things that could be causing that. Sure, yeah. Um, that's interesting, though. I mean, 
it's it's a great car and you, and it seems like i mean chris loves his modified and, and thad's was rad as shit so everybody i know that's done stuff to their fiestas loves it now if you want to take the jump to rear wheel drive i would suggest it but if you are happy with your fiesta st minus the overheating there are ways to solve that um uh but but again if you want to make the jump you know brz miata there's so many great options right there you almost can't go wrong so you know there you go uh nate skinner how is zach liking horizon 3 have you played it yet no nope. zach has not played horizon 3 i have and uh i like it i mean it's, i'll be honest though i i like video games i as a 36 year old father of a young daughter it's very hard to find time to play them my wife goes to bed early um Sloan's already in bed, so that's when I'll usually be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to stay up and uh, do do a couple things, and I'll be up till for like the next three or four hours. But it's usually because I'm mainlining Fallout 4 um, or playing the recently re-downloaded Red Dead Redemption. So I'm playing Horizon 3 as much as I can, but and it's fun. I just feel like it gets repetitive. And all I mean, all video games get repetitive, and it's cool, and the cars look fucking dope, and I love that it's Australia, and I love that... Um, it's the outback, so it when it says, "Are oh, you gonna drive here?" and it's you know seven miles on this road, you're like, "Nope," and you just point straight and just bounce over the hills in your lifted Subaru STI. Uh, that part's really fun of the game. So now that more people are finally playing, or is it? I might even start today or tomorrow, where like it's fully open. Um, well, you know, by the time we're recording this, so with more people playing it, it might become more fun. Uh, but Forza Six is more my speed because. I like that you're on a track, you have a goal, and the physics the physics between Forza 6 and Horizon 3, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. They oh, should totally. be. There should be, but they're not. Yeah, they, but they want it to be a little more video game. It's much more arcade which I yeah. don't mind at all. Um, but the cars do look great, so that part's cool. Uh, Patrick Mills, how much would you invest in a cheap car before it wouldn't be worth it? Just bought a 1987 W124 300E with 260 on the clock, super clean. Um, I mean, it's really what you can stomach. Um, how much money you got. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't think the market for 300Es is going to – you're never going to see a return. How's that? You're not, you're not going to see a return on a W124 300E for a long time. So, I don't know. Um, that's not a great answer. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't what you were looking for. But well, I don't know if he's is he looking to buy a car, fix it, and then flip it, or right. looking to modify it and and make it cool and and more modern feeling to drive. And then is that the question of oh, I bought this shitty thing to start with, right? And then how much am I going to spend to try to make it drive like right, something right. relatively modern? I don't know. If the, so just it, if you're gonna if the goal is to make it a car you're gonna love and enjoy, then spend what you can afford. If your goal is to make money on it. Look at what the market is telling you and then don't spend more than that uh, or otherwise you'll never get that money back. Like whatever you put into a car, you're not going to get that money back. That's part there's, of the problem with it. Well, let's see. I'm, I mean there's there's two two examples I'll have. Uh, we filmed a lot of really high-dollar pro touring cars uh, for Big Muscle. You know, I mean these are cars that people put $200,000 into and it we filmed one that handled about as well as a new 911. You know, or maybe even a 997, 911. There's a C10 truck with full aero and all this stuff, and it was about that quick. But the owner loved it, and that's what matters. And then we also have Musto, who has bought he bought this '74 something Monte Carlo, put a few hundred bucks in it to repair the AC and put some wheels and tires on. He drives it every day, 
and he might make a couple of bucks on it because you started with something that was not really known or sought after, but then you can give it some personality, and then people might think it's a little bit cool. Was that truck the PCH Rods truck? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's they down by me. They keep wanting me to come into the shop and say hi, and I very much want to go. It's rad. Because they could also look at my truck and go, oh, that's why your steering's fucked. Yep, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that truck, I don't want to make fun of them, like, for a truck, that thing stuck like glue, and it was cool. For and it was, it, it a was, vehicle. It was good-looking, all that stuff, but it was like, how fast is this around a track? It's like, well, you know, 911 Carrera. So that's that's what you can yeah. get with a lot of money with a weird platform. The goal, that wasn't, their goal is for like Pikes Peaky type shit, right? Or Yeah, I mean, they want to take to take it to events, but I mean, what they want to do is show people that, look, if you have a C10 or you're, if right. you like trucks... But you also want something that can handle. Right. Uh, you can do that, yeah. which you totally can. You don't have to buy oh, God, a yeah. first gen Camaro to be a pro touring fan. You know, I've I've ridden in a C10 uh, that had the full Hotchkiss suspension, and, and driven by like your typical old school C10 owner. Like the dude has this huge gut, super nice guy, but like big older gentleman. Like yeah, it's my C10, and da, 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 da. and he fucking wheeled the shit out of that truck around an autocross course, and it was flat, and it was. It was amazing. So, uh, so like, yeah, if you want to do something like that and that's your car, like you happen to love W124s, you know, spend what you want to spend and make your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking to flip this car, be smart. Be smart. Especially, the especially that car specifically with 260 on the clock because it's not even – like if, if you had a 123 diesel, people see that engine and be like, oh, 260, it's just coming alive. Like not on a 300E, even though, you know, old Benzes run forever but still. Kevin Schrage, Hoon Truck Hypothetical. A well-known fabrication shop wants to make a show rig out of the Hoon Truck. They're going to put a twin-turbo Coyote with all suspension and chassis to make use of it. But the interior and exterior will look like a Pimp My Ride reject with LCD screens in the bumpers, a gimmicky paint job, and a craft beer dispenser in the steering wheel. You get to keep everything, but you have a contract to keep it that way for two years. Yeah, I would do it. Two years? That'd oh, be easy. two years? Yeah. I yeah. thought you were going to say forever. Forever? No. Two years? Easy. Just parked in my garage for two years. Well, it would, be, it would probably be on so many like press tours and things for two years. I wouldn't, wouldn't even see, see it, it anyway. Yeah, It'd be great. Um, no, for for a twin turbo Coyote suspension and chassis, uh, yeah, and then it would go full sleeper, and I would sell all that shit and make a buttload of money. The funny thing, I'm sure I've said this on here before, but the pit my ride there. Um, there is a shitty pizza place near us in Huntington where the the pizza delivery girl, who for the record was hot as fuck. She was crazy hot, which is why I'm sure MTV picked her to have her ride pimped. She had a Ford Festiva pimped, and it was still her pizza delivery car, which was fucking hysterical because they never did anything to the engine, but they put, like, baseball leather interior, seven speakers on the dash. Like, it was garbage, garbage built. And, uh, I mean, I love that. It was an entertaining build, and then she would roll up and deliver pizza in it. Yeah. Um, So that was really funny. Uh, Joel asks, if you come to Australia, what cars and tracks would you like to experience? I mean, Bathurst, for sure. Mm-hmm. Wide open straights in the outback where I'm dodging you know, fuel trucks with three fucking trailers, uh, Mad Max style, or what was that, Fast and Furious 5 where they hijacked that uh, thing. Uh, what do they call them, fuel trains or something? Um, the cars, I mean, everything related to Australia. I, I need to drive a 71 Falcon XB GT, or is it a 74? Uh, the Holdens, all that shit. Just give me what you got, Australia. Oh, Utes, of course. I need to drive a Ute because I, I I hate on them, but I understand them over there. Yeah, yeah. So I would have to experience it. Hold a Malou. Um, mm-hmm. There's a so like I've never liked the El Camino, but mm-hmm. a, a good friend of Hooniverse, he's actually my lawyer. Um, he 
has he's a lawyer who went off on his own he has his own office and he has an el camino that he occasionally dailies he also has a nova that he's working on that he dailies um and he drives his kids in the nova he's doing some cool fun shit with his cars the el camino we actually used it if you remember we did a dollar shave club ad where i compare i could had my civic and the el camino lined up and i my civic was like i'm making fun of my own civic saying i forgot about that like car. this is what you this is what it's like buying razors from Gillette or whatever and then I'm like or you could be like this rad El Camino and I like I found some stupid way to compare him just so I could get in his car and do a big burnout shit like that that car is a um I think it has a 350 but it's got like a Hurst shifter like a Tremec gearbox like this is pretty fucking rad because there's no weight over the back and it was cool it changed my opinion on El Caminos for sure Hmm. Um, and then we raced a Ranchero too so but you can get the muscle car experience from the inside for less money that's what it is you know um so let's move on as i take a sip of beer this is like i'm doing a i always tell people during solo episodes when i'm taking a sip so they don't know why it's all of a sudden quiet like hold on let's take a sip just give me a second all right twitter questions gotta scroll way down because we had a shitload of twitter questions tonight which is great um all right let's see here still scrolling that's a good sign um those possible okay. you fish I want to. All right. First Twitter question from Untitled Car Show. What kind of mixed drink is a Focus ST, Focus RS, VW, GTI, Golf R, Mustang, Challenger, Camaro? Like, are you saying all of them are mixed in a drink like a Long Island? We get some really off-the-wall questions, which I love. I'm not hating on this question. I just sometimes they – because I don't pre-read the questions. Mm -hmm. Um I, I think I I called it like an engineer's Long Island or something like that. That's pretty good. That's, that's, I'm stopping I mean, there because I can't. Yeah, go that's back. really all you got um, for both of us. Tyler Hill at TLR Hill. What do you see more of on C5 vets? Fake chrome parts or vanity plates such as ETA before you or num one vet? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty split. C5 vets are. Go watch uh, Mr. Regular's video when he goes to the Corvette show. I think it was Corvettes at Carlisle. It's fucking, it's it's great. It's so good. Don't go to Corvettes of Carlisle. <laughs> um, it was really, really good. Stephen Bank, at 404 user not found. That's a good Twitter name. Do you think TG with LeBlanc, Harris, and Roy, R- Rory will ever eventually compete with the original trio or the Grand Tour? I mean, I, that seems like it's going to be a pretty damn good lineup for top gear next year um i think clarkson hammond and may are something special um they're they are to be totally honest i mean watching them do what they do made me want to be better at what i do on the video side knowing that i could never quite get to that level because for me just their wit alone like that's what i'd aspire to have that be that witty and that quick and i mean i know it's edited very well and all this stuff but in, it seems like even in general I mean, they are stuff be- they're better than you for they're sure they're mental <laughs> they're mentally witty people i mean yeah um editing editing with editing or without but uh <laughs> but i think i haven't i didn't watch any of last year's top gear i haven't seen mm. it yet. so i don't i've oh. heard good things about leblanc um so I haven't seen it. I, I I know everybody wanted Harris to get more screen time because we all know fucking Harris is great. Uh, Rory, I guess, was a surprise for a lot of people. He's, he, he's totally surprised me. He, yeah. was, he was very good. Um, and I, I said it before. I didn't really know who he was. And then I went and watched the one video he, where he reviewed a Rolls Royce and did like a spoken word rap to it. And it was fucking incredible. It's like, ah, that's why you're on top. I think it's a mistake to now pit these against each other. I mean, if it's just a question, 
Top Gear will always be bigger because it's televised and not everyone who like 300 million viewers worldwide. Not all of them probably have high speed Internet access and Amazon Prime. You know, like if you get the BBC because it's part of your television package and you're not a person who has the money to buy Amazon Prime, like you're going to watch Top Gear. So I think numbers wise, there's no point in comparing the two. And I think I'm just happy that there's two camps that are both dedicated to making awesome car shit with a lot of budget and people I respect. And, I mean, I like Matt LeBlanc. I thought he did a good job, and I think Harris is great. And then the other guys, they're the best. They're going to be, you know, they're always going to, everyone's going to be compared to them forever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, that's how good they were. Um, but but it'll be a completely different show with those three helming it. It'll be beautiful car pornography, and it'll be great. And I think the more car, I'm always of the opinion, the more car shows on this planet, the better. So um, that's why I never got. I never, despite you know, I know I worked for them for a season, um, the last season. Um, I never got the. I got the initial hate for Top Gear USA. Like I got it. I got it. But but then. People really needed to relax and give these guys a chance. And then when you did, they became friends. And, and, and actually, the last season, they, I thought, was great. But um, especially because, you know, my name was in the credits. <clears throat> so moving on, to, uh, Travis Okulski, who is Zach Clapman? What a dick thing to say, Travis. Travis is great. <laughs> Travis he, is he, great. He throws great punches at me. Yeah, Travis is. I call him Tarvis. Um, let's see. Uh, Michael Hetherington at Mickey underscore a seven six. What's the most unusual press launch you've attended? Have any manufacturers banned you from reviewing their cars? I have not been banned that I know of. I would, if I, if I am, I would love to know it because then I would talk about it. Never tell you, but I don't, I, we don't get Fords. We talk about that. Um, Mercedes has gone oddly silent, even though I'm still friends with the PR people. And then, um, What's the other one I struggle with? There might be another one where I don't, which sucks because I really love Mercedes. Um, there's another one out there that I can't think of right now, um, but whatever. Uh, but no, I've never been banned. The most unusual press launch, um, they're all pretty formulaic. Uh, very pretty setting, very pretty hotel, very pretty roads. Uh, nothing I can think of as unusual. You know, I mean, Kia this might surprise you does really fun ones like they're they're and not the car part like the actual like hey you're done driving let's go get shit faced like that part's really fun with kia um they always do fun things they'll do photo contests along the way which you know they think of other things to make it like i know this is still our job and we're reviewing the car but they like they still cater to some of that i don't want to say the old school side but they want the entire thing to be fun um which again shouldn't be a requirement for the job but but it, it helps break it up sometimes um but i again nothing I, there's nothing that jumps out to me as unusual uh, i mean maybe the lamborghini from miami to um sebring was kind of weird because we the roads fucking suck it's just flat and straight and it was pouring um so that one was kind of that one was a little unusual um uh, michael asked another question what craft beer are you drinking at the moment it said uh, the ballast point grapefruit sculpin i grabbed the second and final one um, Robert Reed at Bobby Reed is LeBlanc the next man out of the trench on the World War One Western Front. I don't understand the question. Is that talking to your reference? Yeah, I think he means. Oh, is he just going to be running into the? Because last oh, year, Evan, last no, year Evans, it. everyone right. fired at him. He charged. But, he got shot. Of course. Down. Okay, I get it. No, I but don't I, think so. I think he. I think people hated Evans for very good reasons. It's, and LeBlanc was on the same show. It's right. not like he wasn't there. Right. But also the. I mean. For all the shit, and again, I never saw Evans' stuff, so I can't comment whether he was good or bad. He is bad. That's, I mean, that's what I hear. But the way okay. he went out with the note, the kind note, praising everybody who were I mean, that's the way to go out, right? 
the best thing he did yeah. in this season. <laughs> it was the, yeah. I mean, it's kind of that's a stand-up guy thing to do, and everybody hated him. No, I right. think it's a political move. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and be well, like, oh, a, fuck everybody? Like, one. I have a job. It's a smart I'm, one. Yeah, it's yeah. so smart. Uh, this question I actually did respond to on Twitter because I thought it was actually a really good question from Veronica Westbrook at She Drives a GTV, which if is true, that's fucking great. Uh, you never seem to have female co-hosts. Why do you hate women? I don't think this is an aggressive comment. I thought she was joking about that I, part. I've been wanting to ask you this for a long time as well. Oh, shut up. Because... You've said some things off air. Oh yeah, have I? And you've not had the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, well, I mean, we don't have a, a female co-host just because no one is. I don't know. Which is this show be, happened or kind of organically from. We saw what TST was doing. We had a podcast a long time ago that had a few episodes and it was great. But the people who were running it had moved on from Hooniverse, um, and then we wanted to revive it after being. I was on. Um, I was on TST a number. I think it was like the fifth guest ever or something like that. I was on a bunch of times. I was like, well, we got to do Hooniverse 1. I'm friends with Chris now. He's like, well, you got the outlet. Let's figure out how to do this. Um, and just in that time, we never had a, a lot of females on the show. Unfortunately, like as much as I like to believe that, that cars are genderless, it's very male heavy. I mean, there's no question mm-hmm. around it. It yeah. screws very male, skews very male heavy. That was a very Freudian slip right there. Holy shit. <clears throat> Blame it on my stuffy nose. Um, so I just came back in. What's Jeff saying? <laughs> it skews male heavy, unfortunately, but we love having female guests on because it just, it brings more color to the show. It's, it's wonderful. One of our favorite guests is Alana from hot rod. Cause she's awesome. Mm-hmm. She's witty, she's awesome. funny, hilarious. She's great to have on there. She does cool shit. Great writer, wonderful photographer. It's just, we can't have her on every week. And then there are other wonderful women out there. It's just either geographically or just timing or people don't reach out to us and we're lazy and we don't reach out to people. That's really all it is. It's not a bias. And I didn't think you thought it was a bias, but, um, this more just a, like a, 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 very around the way explanation. If we, if, if we know if there are women out there who work in the industry or even cursory to the industry who want to come on, please reach out Jeff at Hooniverse.com. Totally. Cause it's, if you go to a press launch or a lot of other events, I mean, the, the number of women that go is very small. And it's just, it's like sports. Like, now it's, quote, okay for women to like sports. Not, it's always been okay. No, no, yeah. But, like, women are, you know, it's socially acceptable now to just like whatever the hell it is you like. And so I think that the population of women who are into cars will probably grow as that interest is expressed by, you know, moms and then they teach daughters and whatnot and Jeff and all that, all that stuff. It just trickles down. But for right now... It's just a very small pool, which sucks because, I mean, some of our – it gets so political. That's yeah, no, why. no. I, I feel like we've handled it we've well. Handled it, yeah. uh, minus my Freudian slip, which was totally just that. What? Speaking of rad chicks, uh, Jesse Combs is, like, in the desert right now getting ready to do her – Iron Man? No, dude. Her, uh, she's doing her high speed, going to set, trying to set the record for world's fastest woman ever, going, like, 500 miles an hour. Oh shit! But we went last time she was on TST podcast. We figured out that she's like the sixth fastest person on earth ever. Not even what? like fastest woman or whatever. She's been she's driven this land speed vehicle and she's like the sixth fastest. Are you human serious? Being. I'm totally serious. That's crazy. It's really nuts. It's a jet car. And I, I actually met Shay Holbrook the other day. Who she's a rad female driver. And um, that'd be fun to get her on the podcast. But uh, we've never had Jesse on Hooniverse. We should try to get Jesse on Hooniverse because mm-hmm. I met her once at an event and she was just awesome super cool um so i i know i don't want to get off on a tangent how i think the guy what's the show she was on on um power block 
the wrenching off-road show. She's done like three on there. Well, she was with that guy who's like now he's the main guy on the show, and it's, I don't know. That's, oh, I don't that's know. a tangent for a different day. She went three ninety four on October 9th, two thousand thirteen. Three ninety four. Yeah. Wow. Two way average. Um, that's amazing. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see. Scrolling up. Um, Craig on McBride was my article submission so bad that no one replied to it to keep me from offing myself. No, Craig on. I probably saw it and said, I'm going to get back to that. And then my email box goes Broop, and I get another 50 emails and I just, I forget things resend it and I'll see what I can do because definitely that is not the case. Please resend it. Um, Jason Pereira at Melchion X. How big is too big? I was going to do a mom joke, but that's fucking stupid because it's 2016 um, and I'm 36. Let's see. Um, I, think, I think cars are hitting the wall of too big if we want to go there. Okay. So I think we can stop and maybe pair a few down. There you go. There you go. Uh, looking at you, BMW. Uh, <laughs> Jake, at Sweet and Low 2. Don't have an answer on the podcast, but don't have to answer on the podcast, but have you ever seen Hachi Roku Meister on YouTube, insane driver with an S13 at the ring? Have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> uh, I watched the video he put up and. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Hachiroku you know, Meister. 240SX going fast on the ring and chasing, I think, an M3. With he's not sideways? On he's just, he's he ru- drifted a little bit, but not like... I'm sure That's he can't because he it stepped out and he caught it like oh, he, full drift mode in the corner, but he was actually, it looked like he was going for oh, a time. So he's chasing down an E92 M3, so he tweeted out a link to the video, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that as well. Uh, Alana replied... Um, which is great. We're actually, I was talking to her today. We're going to get her on. She was busy this week. We, she might be on next week. Um, convenient that that happened right after that question. No, it was isn't before, it? isn't it? It was before. Um, let's see. Now she's gonna be on TST this week too. Uh, let's see more questions. No, but some tint company following me. Okay. How about that? Uh, can we peer pressure uh, Grant Leiben at Grant Leiben? I think it's Leiben. Could be Lemon. Can we peer pressure Mount Mr. Uh, Johnny Lieberman into a podcast to tell us about his tales on Millie Millia? Hashtag Tales of Greenwich. Um, I would love to get Lieberman back on the podcast. I just haven't asked him. I, he always seems to enjoy doing Hooniverse stuff. So, uh, and he also brings really good beer. So that's a really good reason to get him on. But um, I mean, there's tons of stuff to talk about because we haven't had him on in so long, including their best driver's car, which. That'd actually be a good reason to get him on just there. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably try that soon. Now, I'm jumping over to Facebook. Um, all right. Greg Scantleberry, do any of you use adjustable shocks? I use a set of Coney Yellows with the stock springs on my Mustang GT. I drive a 65 pickup, so no. I drive a Crown <laughs> Victoria, so no. <laughs> uh, some, I don't know what he, I think they're a cool idea. And right. I, if I, when I get a car, I'll put them on it because then you soften it up around town. Right. Firm it up at the track. Makes sense. Um, does does air suspension count as adjustable? Uh, I mean, no. Not, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, Greg Pallet, F40 or 959? For me, it's always been the 959. There's no wrong answer here. F40, the sound, the sound, the sound. I oh, like, yeah. I like the, the technical insanity of the 959. You know what is also at the Porsche Experience Center that we were talking about earlier is the 959 concept car, that pearl white. Yes. That's there. Wow. That's very cool. Um, Chris Bleach, can this podcast be live commentary of the debate? That would be very funny, but you would be – I mean, we could make it funny, 
maybe, mm-hmm. but it could turn into a shit show as well. Somebody yeah. replied, please no. And then he re- and then somebody replied, Rugged Ridge 2016, which is fucking great. Uh, Josh, friend of Hooniverse Ostrander, thoughts on the super successor spotted at the ring last week? I saw the pictures and the articles. I, did, I haven't read anything about it, so I don't know. I don't really know. I can't answer that. Toyota Supra, like in camo, uh, no. spotted at the Nurburgring test. All the concept designs over the last ten years or whatever right. it's been have been really gorgeous. Like, yeah, what really, was that one that like, like sm- a smoother LFA? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. There's the one they've been trotting out for years now that looks fucking great. It's, it has a letter, an alphanumeric name, but I can't think of it. I I hope it happens. I think that the chassis engineers at Lexus are very good at their job. They're they're in nearing the GM realm at least a few years ago. The right, cars were predictable and tail happy a little bit but not yep. too much it's good stuff yep uh craig on t- piggybacking off mr ostrander's question what do you think the price point will be on that car and do you think it will be a shared platform with bmw possibly a new c4 much like the 86 and brz partnership i mean i think it would make sense to partner with bmw on this because there's been talk about that um z4 makes sense sure um but the price point of the car that's obviously much harder to nail down because it, it will be in I mean, it'll definitely be in Lexus territory, but you don't want it to. Though a, a super customer and a Lexus sporting F Sport or F customer are two different people, I think. Yeah, it, so, that'll be tough. Yeah, it's for them to to crack in the market. Uh, segue in from from sideways word. I did the Mercedes Drift School on Sunday. Oh snap! I don't snap. know if you, you want to say that for asking a question. I'm just saying that I did it. Oh, fucking dive in right now, bro. Okay, <laughs> I did the Mercedes Drift School uh, yesterday. Um, well, you so me and you did Drift 101 together. Mm-hmm. So this... I feel like you got to do 103 because you got to drive the, the Nissan and I never got... Oh, uh, no, the, the Z. Oh, the Z? Uh, that's true. That that was a yeah different car completely. Um, but I don't think that car lended itself to learning any more oh, than the 240 did. The so, 240 was great. Just so you don't feel that way. No, 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 no. Uh, it was just it was an experience. Um, so the AMG thing, here's what I'll say about school. the school. If you... You should go to Drift 101 first. Okay, makes sense. Um, this was this was called a drift experience, and that's how I experience. would I would call it. Yeah. And I mean, they have instruction where you know so we were in a group of eight people. There was 16 people signed up, eight people in a group, four cars in for each group. So I was with uh, Sarah Trimble, our friend who's oh, a, nice. a professional stunt driver. So I, was, I rode up with her and uh, was in her car, which was great because then you're with a friend and you're having fun together, and also I'm watching her and learning from her. Um, the and she instru- wasn't an instructor; she was just an attendee. No, she's attending. She because she went to to learn how these new turbo engines act when you're you know because now everything is going uh, like the M4s, the M3s, all the AMGs. Everything's got a turbo, so it does have lag. Right. So there, I noticed a difference. Even though the 240 had very low power, you still knew that as soon as you touched the pedal, you could feel the chassis tense. You'd feel a reaction. Um, so even though you had to wait for it to, you know, either get up in the RPM range or clutch kick it, right? Even with that low power, there's still a predictability to the chassis. Whereas sure. this, you there was a waiting period and then that whack of torque. Whoa. I mean, and it it happens quick, and you have to be ready to jump off the gas to catch it, or you're getting up in the rev, rev range real quickly. You're spinning. So, yeah, so I think for a lot of the people that that came out that had never done anything like this before, which was most of them, like 99% had never sure. drifted a car. A lot of more AMG owners. Um, when the turbo whack came, they get a lot of wheel spin, they loop out. And the instruction was over the radio, and it was we know that sliding is much more about feel than like classroom instruction. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like racing line is classroom instruction, but this is feel it, get used to moving your foot. They were not 
explaining to people the way modulation works as well as as Naoki did. Sure. So I think if you're gonna if you want to learn how to slide with turbo cars and V8s and and also having the experience of drifting an AMG car is amazing. Like sure. the noise and all that it's stuff so is, easy. Is, is awesome. It's really easy. It's all the throttle. The new C class is a very it's got a lot more it's got more steering angle than I expected. It's really? you feel you feel it very well. It's a it's a happy car. Um but you should definitely start with a program like Drift 101 if you're not in California or do Drift 101 where he says start with donuts start with it yeah that helps you so much and then you should make the leap to doing another program where yeah. you have all that knowledge already because what I was working on they had they wetted down a lot of the track really um it was in the paddock area of Laguna Seca okay which, which does is big very big and does has a, a slight slope to it you yeah. know you don't really notice when you're there but we were we were doing a slalom drill with a U-turn, and the U-turn cone was on a crowned area. So the first half of the slide was flat, and the back half sloped down probably a good six so inches. So you sped up? So your slide sped up. So we had a lot of this new terrain to work with, and then uh, the water drying out quickly because it was hot. So you had a lot of varying grip levels coupled with camber changes, which if it's a lot to handle. Yeah. And it was really a great lesson for me in, in ultra-slippery water drying out and then transferring to dry, which we had to do in one part um, when we had, like, the final competition at the end. But for a beginner, it was a lot. It was yeah. hard. Huh. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, because if you're just aggressive on the throttle of that car, you're going right around. Going right around. There's a lot of going right around, and then a lot of people that were – you know, if you progressively add gas, you understeer. Yeah. So it, it's really hard for for some of the people to figure that out. But there was that said, there was a lot of progress made. By the end of the day, people were doing a much better job. Nice. It was it was just about feeling them out, and they all had a great time. And they're oh, all bet. probably going to come back and all that stuff. But I think if if you're out there and you're one of us, and you might not have the income to do an AMG drift school for like four times in a row, right? Do drift 101 for God, sure. Yes. I would. I would such a leap. I would happily use our platform here to advertise for Naoki for like nothing just because it's so I believe in that school so much mm -hmm. it's so good he's such a good teacher so patient and nice and and you just rail on his car yeah it's so awesome it's great. go do drift 101 it's a great thing and and tell him where you heard about him just because it's nice to get yeah, I get emails great. from him he's like hey I heard about you know this customer came that's cool it's like yeah you're you're a genius yeah <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good to hear. Uh, back to the Facebook questions. Dustin Bateman, if you could resurrect any dead car brand, what would it be and why? I feel like we've had this question, but it was more if you could resurrect one while killing one was kind of the question before. But what did we say last time? We said time? Geo last time. I didn't say Geo. Yeah, Fuck you did. You. I probably said did. like, uh, no. I Fisker? Fisker Saturn. is coming back. Um, Saab. No, I'm just, I'm, we actually true. We might have said Saab. Um, I'm not I don't saying know. Saab. I don't like them very much. Not I don't know. Good. I don't know who I'd resurrect. Uh, Holden, so, <laughs> so we get more Commodores. Um, Ross Ballot, no engine fuckery this week. Instead, car that only comes with an auto that you'd most like to swap a manual into, and vice versa. Manual only car that would most benefit from a good auto. Like a lot of people say, the Viper could use a good auto. So first, the the auto with the manual. Uh, I always thought the C63 would have been a good manual car. Oh. God, yes. Even now, the transmission is still not as good as the DCT. Yeah. 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 But the, the manual into an auto, I, I, I can't even, there aren't even really manual only cars anymore. Well, no, but there used to be. Right. Like uh, your truck, you know, originally. Would you put an auto? No. <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, no, you can get autos in those all the way back then. 
about like a, like a Cobra? That needs a good five-speed auto. <laughs> I've seen those, and I'm like, you go get the I've fuck out of here. I've driven an automatic Cobra. Leave the car show. It had a Hemi in it, uh, prepped by Bobby Allison. Who's that? Oh, Allison Nas- Transmissions? No, like NASCAR Allison family, like historic NASCAR. Yeah, like this Hemi was worked. This Cobra was fucking wild. Um, um, Manual-only car that could get an auto. I can't even really think of one. I mean, I guess your Viper argument makes sense, but um, nah, that doesn't serve the history of the, that car, though. Um, enough people complained when it got fucking traction control. So, <clears throat> Patrick Palladino, you get a big promotion and you want to set some money on fire with your new company leased car. What do you buy? Mine is a tie between Maserati Gran Turismo or BMW M6. BMW M6 fits more in with the corporate world, um, though an M5 fits better. Uh, I mean, the Maserati is a little bit too loud. I mean, if you really want to show like, hey, I'm the best fucking day trader here or something like that, the Maserati's the one to go with because it's louder and it pisses in everybody else's face. But it also might show that you're not planning for your financial future because of the depreciation. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Unless you bought it used. That's you bought a true. one-year-old Gran Turismo, you are, that's why you're grand. making all the money. Um, but if I, got it, if I was making tons of money, I'd have a, a Range Rover. I, as my daily driver, I just of the big, full-size, supercharged Range Rover would be my daily driver car. I love those so much. Mm-hmm. Every time good. I get in one, I'm reminded, like, yep, yep, this is, I, if, we, if Jen and I had tons of money, this is, this is the car I would get for the family. I love those fucking things. When we took that one back and forth to Willow, it was perfect. It's great. And that They're was the excellent. diesel. That was the diesel. They're I'd excellent. get the big, fuck, stupid engine one. Um, Craig on, even if we don't get in the U.S. market, do you think Subaru will bring the, U- the WRX wagon back sometime in this generation? Nope, sadly. And that Lavorg over in Japan looks fucking awesome. So, no. Um Asa Gooch, will Ford ever come out with the service to clean intake valves on the EcoBoost engines? What should I be doing to my Fiesta ST to prevent carbon buildup? I don't know. I don't know either. That's way too technical a question. Yeah, for me. I mean, I know that is a problem that people talk about a lot. If Chris was here, he might actually have an answer for this um, since he lives with that car. Um, email Jason Connor. He might know because he's got the Focus ST. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Another question from Craig on. I love. I just love pronouncing it that way. Uh, I was configuring on. new cars and comparing the 86 and BRZ. I added no options to the 86 and only added the rear diffuser to the BRZ, and the BRZ was still the cheaper option. Did the simple switch of a badge bring up the price of the 86 that much? It must have because I would always, I've always preferred the BRZ because I thought the interior was a little bit nicer, mm-hmm. and I like the Subaru badges better. The suspension was tuned very slightly different as well. Yep, it was it like was. 10% softer, which yeah. is noticeable. Uh, I feel like Chris, you should read his voice like a Neanderthal, like a or like Skeletor. <laughs> well, we already pronounced his name like fucking idiots. I, I um, Chris Cavalieri, since Jeff grew up in New England, any suggestions for great driving roads that aren't well known? I'm a fan of Route 2, 202 in Mass, and Route 100 in Vermont. Input welcome to avoid the busy roads in Mass, New Hampshire, Vermont. Jealous of all the great canyon roads in California. I've been gone for so long, and I never really had great cars back east. Um, I would be in like a friend's car to go snowboarding or like this and that. So I don't know the roads. I, I just don't know the great driving roads in uh, New England. Now, my favorite road is the one that leaves his sister's house. Because <laughs> his last name, that's what I thought of. Back to someone smarter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not to me, because um, I don't know the fucking roads. I've heard Route 100 in Vermont's pretty incredible, though. Um, I mean, go drive the Mount Washington Auto Road. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Google Earth. 
honestly, I mean, yeah. that's how we find most of the really good stuff. Google Earth finds something not near people that, is, and if it doesn't feed two cities together, that's even better. Right. And go there. Yeah. And you'll yeah. You just that. go get lost, um, and that's the best way to do it. You're absolutely right. Another question from Craig on Zach. I've been shopping E46 M3s for a while now. Have you noticed that the red ones and the white ones are vanishing and prices are starting to creep up? Are we mm-hmm. about to see sub 100,000 mile examples become out of re- reach for a budget that maxes out at 25K? Uh, pretty much. Anything that's not black or silver, I've found is much more expensive. Blue, red, and Blue's white. Blue's out of control, right? Blue's crazy. Uh, red is really Did they rare. Do a yellow? They... Is that more E36? They did do a yellow, which is just terrible. So just don't. Let's just yeah, but it's probably rare. That. So they like the M people are like, gonna have yeah, yellow. But okay, to be fair, most BMW ads say rare color, even if it's black. Right, it's ridiculous. That is the most overused. One term of only fifteen thousand. Same in the E thirty six. When I was shopping for those, everything was rare, and the only ones that are, are oh, red. You should go in your rant about SMGs too. Oh yeah, well, the problem is that a lot of the really good colors, like the red ones, were sold with SMGs. So, like a red manual is super is pretty rare, unless it's the flattish red, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, yeah, if you're selling a, a, an E46 M3, don't click manual when you have an SMG. They told you it was a manual. It's not. You have an automatic. You have an automatic. It's got a fucking D on it, which is drive. That's automatic. So many ads I've found say manual. You click on it, you go to the first interior picture, and there's that stupid, glowing, little, nubby robot cock right in the middle of the center console, and that is your automatic transmission. And then under it's, it's like, no, no, it's, it's basically, it's like a manual. No, come on, just take a look at it. Just take a test drive. It's, uh, I love your rant on that. Um, <clears throat> Nick Taylor, last Facebook question. My girlfriend's 500E lease is just ending. She got it right when they came out with the higher 233 a month rate. Holy shit. You guys got fucked on that then. People were getting those for like 99 bucks a month. Uh, this weekend, we went by a few dealers, and 500Es were 49 a month for 36 months. 2500 down before the 6K you get back for tax rebate, et cetera. And Buick Encores were 99 mu- per month, zero down for 24 months on their ex-Lona cars. Are these too cheap not to consider for someone living in Orange County with only a 15-minute commute? The Encore is not everyone's first choice, but don't get an Encore. Do not get an Encore. They need to refinance their lease, though, or they made a no, or just or just or jump like. into one of the new ones for forty nine fucking dollars a month. Um, that's, I mean, if the, if your commute is fifteen minutes and you can and you have a place to plug in a five hundred e, it's actually an entertaining car to drive because yeah. the, the the gravity's all on the the floor of it, uh, the center of gravity. Um, dude, I I know someone who works for a prominent wheel company who has a weekend Subaru STI and his daily is a five hundred e, and he loves it. Uh, Stick with the 500e over the on, and I mean, you you have a 500e, so I'm assuming you don't need a ton of room, and you're like you're not married, you don't have kids, you don't have big dogs. I'm guessing, otherwise you wouldn't be shopping for another 500e. Just just stick with the 500e. Forty nine dollars a month. I spend that on three meals basically. I put sixty something dollars worth of gas into the R8 the other day. I mean, and and then two days before that, I put fifty something dollars like of gas in it. Pull up an R eight next to a five hundred. You're like, I put your car into mine to make it run. I filled my tank with your lease. <laughs> you fucking poor person. Exactly. Um, that like, is what you said, actually. Um, so, yeah, I I would don't just stop looking at the Encore. Back away from their configurator. Put the mouse down, 
and go, go back to the- your Fiat dealership and say, you know, we really like this, but uh, we were really bummed that the leases dropped so much. And like, see if you can even work them some more. Maybe they could do it for thirty nine bucks a month. Who fucking knows? Because that is crazy cheap. I'm crazy at his Fiat dealership, and I got cars for nothing. Um, so yeah, go do that. Fiat Freddy's freakish prices. Now, um, Fiat Freddy. I'm pull my notes back up. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pimp Patreon right now. If you want to support us, and we have 35 Patreon supporters right now who are the best people on the planet, patreon.com slash Hooniverse Podcast. I believe everybody's got their stickers. Everybody's got their T-shirts. Almost everybody's got their T-shirts. That is two newcomers who I have to order some new T-shirts for. So you guys are getting yours soon. I think everybody's got their stickers. I'll double check on that. Um, and uh, yeah, patreon.com slash Hooniverse Podcast. And then... That would be fantastic. Uh, if you don't, we still love you anyway. Thanks for listening. Go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. Go to ShoutEngine.com if you want your own podcast. I'm doing Chris's job because he's not here, but we love ShoutEngine. Otherwise, this wouldn't exist. Um, and then, uh, Zach, tell everybody where they can find you on the internets. Um, subscribe to The Smoking Tire if you haven't already on YouTube and the podcast. And uh, find me on Twitter at Zach Clapman, Z-A-C-K-K-L-A-P-M-A-N. Yes, not an H. Nope. Um, Fuck I, that. <laughs> I am Hooniverse Jeff on uh, Instagram. We're also at the real Hooniverse. That's uh, just a Hooniverse centric Instagram account. On Twitter, I'm at Jay Glucker. We also have at the Hooniverse. Like us on Facebook. We just crossed over nine thousand dollars. Uh, nine thousand dollars. That's probably the total worth of the website. But mm-hmm. we just crossed nine thousand likes, which was nice because Hoonigan posted one of our things, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, instant, you know. 800 new likes, um, which is great when Hoonigan does that. We're going we're gonna to start working more of that in. Um, go to our YouTube page. Uh, we just crossed 28,000 the other day, which is awesome. Closing in on that 30,000 goal I want to hit there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. go to Hooniverse.com, too, because that's really where this all started, where this all comes from. And uh, do that. And I will see you after my glamping trip next week.